turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Now, there are some who are self-deceived into thinking they are saved and yet not accountable to the church. Lone Ranger Christians. However, there is no such category in, in the Bible, in scriptures. If you are saved, then you are accountable to the rest of the family of God. That's what the Bible teaches. Well, hi there, and welcome. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We can be found on the internet at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Today, we have a final look at 1 Corinthians 5 before moving on to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 next week and everything the Apostle Paul talks about when it relates to taking your brother to court. But for now, we're going to take a final look at God's discipline and why we are so desperately in need of self-discipline to avoid God's discipline. There is so much in this world that commands our attention that is ungodly, isn't there? There's a need to exercise self-control, and that's the admonition today. Here's Pastor Layton with this edition of Study Verse by Verse. You see, sin spreads like a cancer like yeast through a batch of dough. And that's why it's so important for churches and church families to deal with sin in their midst. One bad apple can spoil the whole, the whole lot. One egg gone bad can spoil the omelet. One believer gone bad can spoil the church. Verse 10. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are moral or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. So apparently, the believers in Corinth had ceased interacting with the sinners of their community, but continued interacting with the one who was in sin in their fellowship. And as the apostle points out, that he he could not have possibly meant what they thought he meant, because in order to accomplish it, it would mean space travel. You'd have to leave this world. And space travel hadn't been invented for another 2,000 years, so he couldn't possibly have meant what they thought that he meant. So what did he mean? Well, what Jesus prayed for his church in John chapter 17, it's a prayer we call the high priestly prayer because Jesus is our high priest. In John chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus says this, My prayer is not that you take them speaking of us, out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus never asked God to take us out of the world. He just asked that we be protected while we're in this world. Why are we in this world? Well, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And salt bears influence when it's in contact with whatever it's supposed to bear influence with. And light bears witness to the truth. And so we as believers are to influence our culture, our society, 
by bearing witness to the truth. Verse 11, But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Now, according to scriptures, we as believers are no longer under sin's domination, absolute control. Yet because of our humanness, the sin that resides in our flesh that Paul references in Romans chapter 7, sin will sometimes break our pattern of righteousness. And when that happens, it is important for believers to immediately confess and repent of that sin. Because if they don't immediately confess and repent of that sin, then a pattern of sin can develop in their lives, even in the life of a believer. Now, it says, those who claim to be a brother or sister. You know, only true believers are adopted by the Heavenly Father. And when they are adopted by the Heavenly Father, they become a part of the Father's family. And when they become a part of the Father's family, they become brothers and sisters with other people who are part of God's family. They become our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, the Bible also tells us that there are people who think they're saved and they're not. They think they're part of the family and they're not. They think they're brothers and sisters and they're not because Jesus uh, is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. And they were thoroughly convinced that they were saved. We cannot know who is really saved and who is really not. And that's why Paul describes someone as a so-called believer or someone who claims to be a brother or sister. You see, if every Christian lived a perfect life and every non-Christian lived a sinful life, it would be real easy to tell the difference. But the fact of the matter is, there is no Christian that is sinless. And there are some Christians who go through even seasons of sin. And so we really don't know who is truly saved. God knows, but for us, the jury is out. Now, Paul expands the list here beyond incest. He indicates also that uh, this should apply as well to those who are greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. And he's including these in part in anticipation of some of the corrections he's going to have to make in subsequent chapters Uh, such as the following chapter, uh, chapter 6. The Greek terms here, by the way, do not describe these behaviors as events, but rather patterns of events, ongoing uh, sin. Greedy, in the original word, means more than just desiring something that belongs to someone else. It also carries the sense of defrauding or taking advantage of someone else. And uh, this, by the way, is an issue that Paul addresses in chapter 6, the next chapter. In fact, uh, in this letter, Paul addresses all of these sinful behaviors. Idolatry is addressed in chapter 10, slandering in chapters 3, 16, drunkards in chapter 11. So it's in anticipation of some of the other corrections he's going to be making in his letter, where he includes this in his list as well. Verse 12, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. 
So if someone claims to be a Christian, if someone claims to be a believer, if someone claims to be saved, if someone claims to be a brother or sister, then by their own declaration, they make themselves accountable to the church. If a person does not claim to be saved, does not claim to be a believer, does not claim to be a Christian, does not claim to be a brother or sister, then by their profession they are not accountable to the church, but they are ultimately accountable to God, and if they don't repent and confess their sin, they will end up in hell. Now, there are some who are self-deceived into thinking they are saved and yet not accountable to the church, Lone Ranger Christians. However, there is no such category in in the Bible, in scriptures. If you are saved, then you are accountable to the rest of the family of God. That's what the Bible teaches. You know, um, my dad would uh, take off his belt, uh, and he would often say to me, Son, this will hurt me more than it will hurt you. You ever hear your dad say something like that. And as a young punk, I would think in my head and would not say it, what planet are you from? But now, years later, and as a dad, I understand the hurt that comes when a leader in a family or a church family has the responsibility of bringing discipline. And whenever I do, I'm reminded of my responsibility to exercise self-discipline or come under the discipline of the church. Discipline is never easy. It's always painful for everyone involved. But a good and godly church leader hurts as much or more than the person being disciplined as a good and godly father hurts more for the child being disciplined. It's not that we do not love the offender, the one who is under discipline. It's that we must love the church more. Good church has never claimed to be perfect. That's impossible. And every one of us from time to time falls into sin and deals with weaknesses. Now, the church must be a hospital for those who know they are sick with sin and want to get well. We need to have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and the willingness to confess and repent from our sin. For those who choose not to and are under discipline, we should not associate with them. But we should continue to pray for them that they repent so they can be restored to fellowship. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, these are challenging passages of Scripture, but we need them. We need to know clearly what is expected of us as individuals and as a church family. Lord, we do thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that if we exercise self-discipline, we don't have need of coming under discipline. And we are so thankful, Lord, that 
when we do come under your discipline, it is for a good purpose and not for the destruction of our souls. How can I say thanks for the things that you have done for me? Things so undeserved. And yet you give and give and give to prove your love for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, friend, you have been listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Our time together today, returning us to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 as we continue our journey through this amazing book. If you have questions about the program, as always, we invite you to reach out to us on our website, highlands.us, a wonderful place to begin your journey learning more about Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely and the Ministry of Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. Again, that's highlands.us. Well, next week, we continue in 1 Corinthians. We look forward to Chapter 6, Taking Your Brother to Court. Well, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Be found in the Lord's house this Lord's Day. Until then, God bless. God bless.